Good evening. So, good evening. So welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. There are so many happy things to announce and to report. And the first one is that Merz Hashem, the book that we've written and I've written, and Baruch Hashem, we're thanking so many people, especially the jrutradio.com, Rav Nissen and Aram for taking care of all this. It's just a pleasure thanking also all our listeners. Merz Hashem, it should be coming out tomorrow or the latest Wednesday morning, but I was told that by tomorrow, Merz Hashem, tomorrow afternoon, it should be in the stores and they'll probably be displaying it on Wednesday. So I want to thank everyone for the excitement the book is called Mastering Relationships, and it is about how to master relationships, realizing that within ourselves, everything is within ourselves, and we have a certain lack or a gap or something that's within us that we're missing. Usually our family member, the people that we interact with, will mirror, will reflect some of that weakness. And when we learn to understand ourselves more, we get to see the person on the outside, that person around us, saying, you are just there to show me which of the parts I'm missing, and it's based on the Eish Mayim Ruach or usually it will be the opposite one. So if I'm Mayim, water, it'll be the opposite one, which is Eish. That's what I'll be lacking. And that is a beautiful concept that once we recognize that, we learn how to appreciate the person and see that, wow, you are literally the person that's going to help me grow. It's a pleasure to see that and to be part of it and to write it. And in this book, there is tests that you can see which nature are you most likely, which ones are your weaknesses, and in the chapter that has how you can change and to grow as well, to build that nature. It's not that if you have a lack of it that you're stuck. No, there's a way to build it up. And that same component about this is especially how to work in your marriage, how to work with your children, how to work at work and all over to master yourself, master relationships. It's based on the four elements. And with Siata Deshmaya, I hope and I daven that it will be able to help someone grow a little bit more aware. So again, the excitement, the outpour from everyone listening is, I thank you so much. It should be in all the local Judaica stores. And especially, let's see, those listening over here in Brooklyn, it's going to be in Borough Park and Flatbush. It's in Judaica Place by Ocean Avenue, Avenue M, East 19th. And there's just so many other places. And Muncie, it's in Merkaz and Williamsburg. It's in Maurus on 218 Willabout and Lakewood. We've got two places, like, just displaying it all over Zundel Berman's and especially Judaica Plaza. So really just thanking the excitement of everyone. That's the first one. Rav Nissen, can first we discuss of, uh, a little? I would say, first of all, Mazal Tov. And ah, we, as, we say, as we say in Yiddish, Mabruk. Mabruk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's talk about it a second. Writing a book is a very different feeling when it comes out. When people say Mazel Tov, it is. There's a certain excitement. There's something to it. And I don't know why. Like, I, I really can't recognize. When you think about the radio, we read, when we reach 10,000 people, a book, you sell 3,000, 5,000, 10,000. What we reach at one radio program is more than the book will ever reach, and yet somehow there's a certain feeling to a book, to a safe. I don't know what that is. Tell you what is this. Yes, please. You know, book take you years to publish, you know? Yes, it took me two years uh, to write this yes. book. To make a show, and it becomes so many shows that you did already, so it's become a girl, you know? Routine, 
And I believe that the first show with you was a little bit different than... Oh, you betcha. Oh, was that exciting. <laughs> and yes. I couldn't believe it. Very well said. <laughs> so it's just something that we're doing for a three years every week and so many different points that it just becomes... Ergo. Yeah, routine. And the book, this is the second one, and it's so different. I spent two years working on this. As as long as you invest, as long as it's the biggest satisfaction, right? Thank you. So well said. Now I appreciate it. I was wondering, I was really wondering, what's going on with yeah. the radio programs? I'm reaching so many more people. Thank yeah. you. This is something that we said, Nachat Ruach. Yes. Okay, so we'll, we start, uh, oh, first of all, we have to say yes, about the direction. That's right. Let's talk about direction. Exactly. Direction is the second annual, basically, that uh, uh, you, you, Rabbi Weinberg, and Rabbi Tissing Greenfield uh, established uh, last year. was very big, success, successful. And you, Rav Nisbet. I'm, I'm, I'm the, the, the side effect over there. <laughs> okay, by, uh, in our side, you're sitting <laughs> right with us in the center answering the questions. Good. So uh, basically, this is a parenting and marriage event of the year, Direction. And this is with Rabbi Mordechai Weinberg, LCSW, and Rabbi Itzi Greenfield, MSMFT. Don't tell me what, they, don't ask me what it's all about. Yes. Uh, and also, Dr. Rabbi Simcha Cohen, that, yeah. uh, you know, basically, Jerud Radio teams, and Rabbi Tuvia Leaf. Rabbi Moshe Tervir, the Rosh Rav Agudat of Bet Binyamin and Avenue L. Yeah. And all, uh, you know, this is and the, 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 the MC is uh, Josh Melman, the FJ, uh, the Jewish Federation of Flatbush. And all together, you know, this is, uh, will be something, a special event. And people yeah. can ask questions. You know, normally, normally in the radio, we are not, we are very careful about answering questions and stuff like this because... We don't know who listen, kids and no kids and all can be offended. Over there, it will be much more open and uh, I would say it will be easier. Unfortunately, I cannot be there. I have to be stay in the studio. Ah, uh, <laughs> I was hoping to have you there with us. Okay, next time. Uh, this, uh, this is something that I have to be in, stay in the That's studio. That's right. So there's going to be programs where it's going to be me, Rabbi Leaf. We're having, and of course, that is arranging and setting everything up, Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Yes. And, and Dr. Simcha Cohen, and it's going to be in, information to help you grow in your parenting skills, marriage skills, information all over. And with Siata Deshmaya, we look forward to be able to helping everyone. So where's the location again? It's, uh, the location is 4419 18th Avenue. Right. And exactly across the, street from, uh, across the street from Mendelssohn Pizza, everybody knows where is it. Yeah. And this is basically McDonald Avenue and 18. So it's going to be in the base Yaakov of 18th Avenue. Yes. And uh, I would say that, uh, you know, thanks to Rabbi Greenfield, is the, 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 the wind behind, the spirit behind all this event. Is, yeah. uh, without him, uh, I w nothing will move. And Behmet, Kola Kavod, he just ran. And when is it going to be, Rav Nissen? Mm, what? What's it's the all. date? It will be uh, Wednesday, the 24th. Wednesday, in two days from now, Mr. Yes, Shem. yes. Wow. Wednesday the 24th, so Mr. Shem, in two days? 7.30. 7.30? Yes. 
Yeah, so this is like, uh, the, and, and really, I just, I, I really, I, I, I wish to be there, but uh, we have also the, the time uh, auction and I have to be staying in the, in the studio here. But yeah. you, you grab a Simcha from the studio, so like this, you stay with Simcha. Over there. Excellent. Very good. Very good. Thank you. And now for those of you that would like to start the program, ask your questions or comments, the number is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And, uh, well, and oh, before one thing, I'm sorry. I just, uh, if somebody sure. want to uh, register before uh, the discount, basically the fee is only to co uh, cover expenses. It's not going to uh, make um, uh, money on this. Are we going to cover That's expenses? Right. The I'm places. My yes. Time. Okay. Yes. And is, so it and will be $25 per person or $40 for a couple. This is a early, early bird if registration online. And you can uh, register on the jrootevents.com, jrootevents.com, uh, or, or just on the, on the gate, it will be $36 for person and $60 for couple. Every penny is uh, just to help us to cover the expenses. That's right. And again, this is not a jroot production, just to tell everyone, this is just some of the people on the JRU radio program that we are doing this. So this is to be able to help a direction, help people come live, and that makes a big difference. Okay, so we'll go to uh, Mrs. H. Yes, okay. Mrs. H. You're on with Mordecai and Harav Nissen. Okay, this is a thank you call, not a question. Go um, ahead. For me to call in is like Krius Yamsuf. And I think you get a lot of credit for me to talk live. I want to know, before I, I give you the compliment, why is it so scary to talk live? Aravnissa, what would you say about that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's something that... Uh, we, we, you know what? Uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly. Uh, the, the, let's, you know, let's think about it. Uh, it's very easy to stand on the other side and uh, answer. But right now you're talking about the really personal uh, feeling, and uh, it's it's scary. It's like you you want first of all that uh, your things will be clear and understand full from the other side, and uh, we we know that outside especially when you have so huge and really hundreds of thousands of listeners and uh, from uh, and suddenly you you go to the street and then oh you said you 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 make mistake and make people make fun of my accent you know and you did you said it's all together it's all together you our station again I, i'm talking about only about about our station and uh, this really it's something that we speak from uh, our art <laughs> And our kishke, it's not something that brain is can can explain it. So we we trying to do it. That's the all about of J Root Radio awareness and talking for what what we have every single one. That's why it's very difficult for us for me. Right, eleven minutes felt forever, but it's good to do it anyways. So I, I wanted to tell you it's the first time I'm reading a book from cover to cover. I don't like to read. And I'm above 30. I'm not a baby. I never like to read. And I finished it just this Shabbos, just on time to get the next book. It was amazing. I learned so much. And for me, I felt like I have to make a theme for 
finishing a book. It's it's major for me. It's unbelievable. So much to wow. learn. I'm so touched. So you enjoyed the book alive? Not some. I I can't say enjoyed. It's a real understatement. Wow. Much more than that. Thank you. And you know, I don't have text get... messages, and I wanted to thank you a long time. I did call a while ago, and it's still scary to call. But I can never thank you enough. It's it's unbelievable. You must be a hero if I was able to read the whole book. It just wow. holds. I'm so glad. I want you to know that the first book when we wrote her, and it's interesting, I thought that will be like you can't write a better book than that. Like that's going to hit everyone, which means 10 steps, how to build your self-esteem, your self-confidence, how to be a leader. And I thought everyone's going to want that. And Baruch Shema was a great, it was a really great seller, third printing and everything like that. And I got several times there were messages that were sent around, even by the Nefesh, which is like the organization for the from therapists. And when they're asking, like, which book could you recommend to a teenager, which book could you recommend to someone that's an adult, to understand, to changing, and it was so nice to see that box in my book was from, you know, the top three books that were recommended. You see it going all over. This book, since we're talking about relationships, I did not realize the power that everyone is finding. I shouldn't say everyone's a strong word, but there's so much more buzz than the first book. So I've got people telling me they've got a family members getting married. They want them to read that book to give it for the chasna to the kala. I've got someone else telling me they can't wait because they're having difficulties with their children. So once they can understand their child's nature and see how they can change, now they're going to be able to interact better with their children. The buzz that's coming ahead of time for this book about relationships is something that's, that I see so much more. In fact, there's the famous book written by Dr. Miriam Adahan, Awareness, and this was written 27 years ago. So I found it interesting that my daughter, my have a 15-year-old daughter, and she is busy, let's say, liking, analyzing it, the nine Enneagrams, and her friends are this, are you this, and are you that, and they're trying to get it. And I was noticing that people are liking to understand themselves. There's even a greater interest or excitement in understanding myself, understanding the other person, understanding what's my weakness, how can I grow. And it's really Bashar Tamina because I had no idea that a second book is possible to have more of us than the first, because usually the first one, it comes out, everyone talks about that, and the second one, there's less. So I, I find it... It really is chos and a siyata deshmaya for that. But it's a super topic, the four natures. It's amazing. I took your parenting last year, and I heard a bit about it, and I'm really excited to read it. It's very interesting. Yes, thank you. Just want to remind people the number to call up. You have now availability to ask your question or your comment. And a thank you comment is definitely welcome. The number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. So I can never thank you enough. Just double and triple it. Mamish, I have no words. Hashem should pay you back for everything you're doing. Amen. Amen. Can I ask you a question that's just like me and don't feel pressured on any hand to answer? You could just say I can't think of one right now. But the question is, if you just finished the book alive, can you tell me just one point that you like? Not asking ten, just one point. And you might see there were a lot, and that's also understandable. Just one thing, one point that you like so that you're able to think about a lot. About self-esteem, because my self-esteem can use a lot of, um, you know, boost. 
Many things, yes. I do have to think about it. You know, I do feel a bit on the spot. Yeah. But well, let's think about the self-esteem. That everyone can have a self-esteem? Everybody could if you work on it. It's a big job. So you've taken the concept about self-esteem out from the book. Yeah, and I always have it buzzing in my head. You can push yourself, even if it's hard, with panic and anxiety and shyness, whatever, many things. And it's amazing. Yeah. Mom is so popular in my in my house. My kids know, my little kids. They, they, it's Mom is amazing. Unbelievable. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And the number again You're to call welcome. is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. All right. Thank you so much. Again. You're very, very welcome. Okay. So again, the number is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And we are going to Mrs. P. Hi, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Okay, we'll go to Mrs. P. Yes, hello. Hello? Yes, hello. Um, I heard about your nafshi in the moment. Yeah. I bought it for my family. They were able to read it, but I couldn't. You don't have such a thing in English? Um, thank you for asking about that. So just to tell everyone, there was in the Yiddish magazine Pesach, they hosted me, hosted the office, and that's what it was. So it was nice to discuss the, what we do, let's say, in the office, that we take trainings once a month. We bring in specialists to train the therapists very, very often. The way we have confidentiality, the way we've got cameras all over, even the hallways that people shouldn't bump into each other, that the therapists walk everyone out, even when someone needs a bathroom, the therapists wait outside, and so the hallways people shouldn't bump into each other. The care that each therapist has, the way I interviewed like 35 therapists before I picked the six that we all work together, the knowledge and information, how we use regular cognitive therapy, behavioral therapy, inner subconscious therapy, we also do trauma therapy, we do like an object type therapy, sort of like Santre. So that was all in the Yiddish magazine called Moment, that's what they do. And as of now, the Yiddish Moment magazine does not come out in English, so I guess it's not there yet. But are you going to put something in the Bina, in the Mishpacha, or the Ami? Reach out to them. When I reach out to them, it's very different when, when people reach out to them. So for those of you that would like me to be hosted in any of those magazines, it's got to come from the outside. They reached out to me. Whenever I reach out to them, these things usually never work out. Okay. Welcome to the club. Exactly. Okay, thank you. Sure. Okay. We'll go to Miss P. Miss T. Okay? Uh-huh. Miss P. Mrs. P. You're on with Mordechai and our... Oh, Miss T. Miss T. Miss T. Yes. You're on with Mordechai and our... Listen. Yeah, hi. Um, what makes it... I was what do you think is the answer? Um, they don't jump back to the question, the original question they had, Good. or so your they question, don't interact. Your question. So your question was, what gives me that excitement to help people, to 
who want to go to questions. Is that your question? Uh, what makes it easier for you to answer someone's question? So I'm not getting what is I, I understood your question saying why do I do it? Now you're asking what makes it easier? Yeah. Um, I need more words to that question. I'm not sure what you're asking. Like both opposites. What what makes it hard for you to, to figure out someone's question and answer them regularly? And what makes it easier? Okay, so let's see. Listen, do you have the question? Do you understand what she's asking? Uh, n not so clear. She, she, I, I, I think that she curi is curious to know how you, how you answer so quickly. Oh, that's what I, what my my understanding, isn't is that your it? Question, or your question is what questions do I like answering? What questions don't I like? I need more words in the sentence for me to understand your question. Like, what makes a question easier? I'm not sure what easier means. Not not the question. The caller that asks. Yes. Uh, when a caller asks a question. What makes it easier for you to answer them? An easy question for me to answer is if it's, I call it like single cell organisms, if it's just about them, and if the person is aware that I ask questions, that they're aware right away what I am saying. There are some people that aren't yet aware of the parts of the brain, or they're not even aware of their emotions, so we can have, I had someone come into my office recently, it was actually a very uh, unpleasant experience, where the person tells me I'm having anxiety, I'm having stress, I have no idea why. And then we start identifying different points where the person's having stressful or perfectionist thinking. Then the person tells me, this, this way of thinking is normal, you're the one that's not normal, like right away attack me. And then when the person finishes the session, the person even finished telling me, are all the people that come into your office so stupid that they actually believe that feelings can affect your mind? So what makes a person what makes a call easy is if the person is aware. And when it's not, then we have to start building the information. Now, if the person is open to receiving, I also love those questions. So I like giving sometimes a 20-minute question and answer together with Rav Nissen. That's when the person is aware. But when the person is locked and trying to challenge me saying their way of thinking is correct or the way they're dealing with something is correct, then that changes a lot. And that, those are harder. So an easier question is when I can work with the person. A harder question is when the person is challenging and not saying, I don't understand you, or maybe you're wrong. It's, I'm right, you're not saying it. Right. I was just curious because a lot of times I see that you're like, you, it's hard for you to answer and it takes, it's taking so long to get through to her. And I was just wondering. That's right. You hit it on the nail. So the person is aware that I could explain a concept and they get the concept. Now they could challenge the concept, or we can develop the concept. We can expand from that concept. Those I love. I like developing something with the person, and I get excited. In fact, I get alive when I do that. That's the beauty of therapy. To me, the hard part of therapy is when you're working with people that sometimes are not aware or aren't able to do that. And right. they challenge you, and they sometimes, not sometimes, they question you, and some, many times they'll even attack you as I had this person the past week, which really attacked me many different times with condescending, sarcastic, and derogatory comments, like calling every client in my center, calling them stupid, you know, if they, have, if they actually are aware why feelings are connecting. So this person can have anxiety and stress, 
but because they're not being, they're not willing to accept that emotions will affect your body and your mind. That was a challenge. That was harder. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. The number to call up for those that would like to ask your question available now is seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight. And Rav Nissen, I would ask you the same thing. What would you say is the hardest part, let's say, in your job, where when you do construction in your in your private life, where you make your parnasa, what would you say are the are the customers or the people you enjoy dealing with, and who are the ones that are harder that you don't enjoy dealing with? I tell you one word: trust. Yes. Trust. That's it. If somebody trusts you, you get the maximum. When somebody yeah. start mistrust you or just doubt your job, and it's not working, this yeah. is the, this is the, the major you know it's everything in life. I would say I would say the word trust is so strong in our in our life that people can lose everything. And we said our chachamim say a posel bemumo posel. You know somebody just cancel other people. It means that he's cancelling himself, right? This you can translate it better, maybe. You know, the the one that defect, defect other people is uh, is its own defect. And yeah. trust, this is the most important things, and especially with a relationship between uh, construction or construct uh, or or psychiatrist or therapist. If you don't have trust, you cannot achieve nothing. You know, the, uh, you build a house on a foundation, solid foundation. If it's not, doesn't have, if you don't have this foundation, nothing will move. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Excellent. And again, the number to call up, ask your question is 718 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Let me ask you something, an interesting question. When someone would come over to you and ask you, what motivates you to help someone? What would you say is the answer to that? Wow. <laughs> First of all, it's, uh, we, we know that, uh, that what we're doing is basically reflect on us and upon ourselves. So when we help somebody else, it's help us. This is definitely and uh, especially when we're talking about a Jewish uh, person and we have a special blessing from the Creator Himself, Olam, talking about Avarcham Evarchecha. And uh, when somebody blessing or help other, other, other Jews is already getting automatic. So this is from the egoistic point of view, you know, my, my personally. But it's really, it's really something very unique to see that people that you know, was on law and with with a face that you can think it's like an only Tesha B'Av, and suddenly they have a smile. Somebody that they become protective, protective. Sometimes, sometimes they coming, you know, help to the society. It this is the, this is amazing. You know, you build basically around the, yourself a, a all all army, everything. Because yeah. when, when, you know, when you go on the street, I tell you, go on the street, driving in the street today in Brooklyn is disaster. You cannot drive, you know, without beeping and without cursing. And I'm telling you, just give a smile. 
go a little bit, it's changed the world. It's really changed. Yeah. And th- this, is, this is something that I, I would say for me, this is the satisfaction. And I, I would say that this, we're building a new society. You know, the building a society of uh, people, angry people, and it's reflect all over. You know, the, our Chachamim said, it's like, are we reflect to other people? That's what is coming to us. And yeah. this is very important that to the caring, and we are part of Avraham Avinu and Isha Chesed that always help, and it's in our gene. And it's very important to be part of this and caring. And we, do all, we see all the Hasadim that are around us, and it's, it's beautiful. So this part of Hasadim. Wow. Excellent. Now, what exactly would you say is when people would start, let's say, challenging. So here you want to help. Here you want to get everything going on around you. And then you've got people that would challenge you, be upset, sometimes attack you, which is what happens when someone is an Askan. How do you deal with it? Look, uh, I, I'm dealing a little bit in, in, a, in a strange, uh, no, not strange, but I would say the, the Muna side. I said that nothing is coincidence. Everything is supposed to be in, in our life. And everything like we see, I see that this, that the PFP, somebody insult me or want to do Askanim and all this, whatever, you know, around us. It's happened a lot. A lot of uh, clients that not dealing with you trustful and uh, trying to cheat you and all these kind of things. I said like to myself, I try to check myself. This first of all, I check myself. And I, I, I said, everything is coming from the Kadosh Baruch Hu. It's no such thing that coincidence. Maybe I did something wrong, and probably this is the stick. When when somebody eat a dog with a stick, the dog thinking he attacking the sticks doesn't attack the person, right? They're holding the stick. Yeah. And this this is the stick, and then the coming from the Borei Olam, and nothing coming from the Borei Olam for the Rebbeinu Olam is bad everything is good i don't understand it now but i will understand it later i said this uh, uh, this is my point of view for everything in my life i tell you and especially when i become uh, uh, you know so called balchuma chuva i i i understand i see i see it loud and clear that everything that i thought is the bad the, the things that was bad for me i thought is bad is become the best thing in, that happened to my life wow very clear very 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 interesting let me share with you a story that I discussed a little on the Yiddish program I do in Kolmavasar and we're not going to go into what type of a person this was what type of from it is if it was Litvish if it was a Sparty kid if it was a Chesidish kid doesn't matter but let me just share it and I hope we can create a little bit the awareness that's very very important now for our generation And this is something that I'm hearing from the therapist that's very, it's a big issue. And we're dealing with it. It's affecting marriages. It's affecting how parents want to be parents of children. The minute it gets difficult, it gets stuck. So let me share with you what happened. This is maybe a week and a half ago. I went into a store to get myself lunch. So I'm waiting in line. And in that little pizza shop, you know, there's a line where they have salads, where you can get yourself a sandwich, whatever you'd like, wraps, soups, all that's there. And there must have been a girl, I'd probably say not more than 15, an early teenager, and I'm right, she's in front of me, she orders, 
And she tells the person, can I please just have a scoop of tuna? So the guy gives it to her. Then she tells him, can you please give me another half a scoop of tuna? And he tells her, for another half a scoop of tuna, I have to charge you for the whole scoop. So another scoop is a dollar. She tells him, but last time you gave me a half a scoop for free. So he tells her, look, I don't know what I did last time, but this time, if you want anything more than the scoop I gave you, it'll be another dollar. She goes again, but last time you gave me a half a scoop for free. And then he says, but if I give you anything more than I gave you, I need to charge you a dollar. And she repeats the third time again, saying, but last time you gave me a half a scoop for free. And he says, maybe I did it once, but if I did it once, I don't have to do it all the time. She goes, but last time, must have been maybe five times, maybe between three and five times, it was back and forth, until he said, another scoop is another dollar. He says, fine, could you at least give me some extra hot peppers? And he put in some hot peppers, and she didn't take the extra one. But I was thinking about it. There was a certain insensitivity to that. It means if someone does you a favor once, does it have to be every time? And if the person says, I can't do something now, or I won't do something now, the, I don't want to use the word chutzpah, but the single-mindedness of saying, I want another half, I want that, and then when the person said, no, there's a need, but I need something extra. I need to get something for free from you. <laughs> and it was a concept that it disturbed me a little. It's, it disturbed a lot, but I, I, I want to tell you, probably you know the story about Rabbi Yorli from Satma, Zetzal. You know, it's, it's a story that hit me on, on, on you know, all, all my body when I heard this story. And it's because it's no good to all of us. The yeah. story is like this. A person come to the Rabbi Yerli Sadmar Zetzal and ask him for his daughter, Hasana. Help him. Yeah. To help him. And the, uh, the Rabbi asked him, how much you need? He told him $10,000. The Rabbi said, okay, sit here. I'll make some phone call. I did, okay. After half an hour, okay, the guy sitting over there, you know, nervous. And all. After half an hour, the Rabbi came to him and he gave him $9,900. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, yeah, uh, young guy, uh, uh, yeah, take this, and the rest, go collect yourself. And he left the office happy, and his, his helper, the shamash of Rabbi Yoli, asked him, Rabbi, you have here millions of dollars in the, cash, in, the, in the safe here. What? You, why you give, didn't give him the $10,000? You could give him the $100 extra. He said, Rabbi Yoli said, and this is something unbelievable, that if I would give him the $10,000, he would regret all his life why he didn't ask for twenty. dollars uh. And I see it in my job, and every time that you coming and give a little bit favor to other people, it's like we said in Hebrew, Natan lo etzba otzet kol He gave him one yeah. finger, he want all the hand. And this is the human nature. We born as a taker. We born yeah. as, you know, baby is only give me. Give me crying, give me, give me, give me. Your kids growing up, give me, give me, give me tuition, clothing, everything. Yes. That, but in a certain life, point of our life, we have to separate it and to know how to give. So going back to when that girl left, all that I did was is I thanked that employee. 
wasn't Jewish, and I just told the person I was very impressed how you did the correct step. You just repeated, instead of getting into a fight, just said very simple, another scoop, another dollar. A half a scoop is still considered another scoop. And it's so important, I guess, why I'm bringing this up is for several points. Number one, we are hearing a lot about this from the therapist, that the younger generation is very, very focused on their needs. I need, I want, it's mine, I deserve. And we want to start getting into saying thank you, please. I know I'm asking for something extra. Can you do it this time? If you can't, I appreciate it. Very, very important for people to recognize, and that can only happen if we train it and we teach it. So for everyone listening, when we ask for something, you're asking. We're not demanding. Now let's look at the other side. The way this employee dealt with it was correct. If you start getting angry and you're yelling at someone, the girl would have no idea what she did wrong. All she did was she asked. She's not aware of the insensitive part on her part, just saying, I need or I want, why can't I have it? Not realizing it, that it wasn't done with a please. It wasn't done, oh, thank you for giving me extra that one time. It's if you give me extra, then I need it and I expect it every time. So the concept of when you're dealing with sometimes a person that doesn't see what you're saying or the other side, it's very, very important just for you to be aware and just repeat yourself. And I was actually impressed with that employee of just stating what they needed, what they're doing is one more scoop, one more dollar. Not educating, not yelling, not screaming, not crying, not begging, not saying, what's wrong with you? No, what it is is very, very simple, saying this is setting my boundaries, and then and with Siata the Shmaya, that should be able to make nice changes and big changes for everyone. Yeah, you know what? I, I tell you, just maybe, maybe I'm, uh, I was, I, I, could be that I would act a little bit different instead of this employee, because I, I would say, I would say that it's really a gazelle from, uh, you know, the employee to give uh, to the, the, it's not his material, yeah. it's not his uh, salad, tuna salad, it's the owner. And he cannot give for free to somebody else if this is the policy of the store. It's happened a lot of time, in, uh, even in our business, that we're coming to, to the job site and then uh, the, the client asks the worker to do something without, without the permission or without the knowledge of the boss. Yeah. And I, I, I cannot educate people, and especially not from give people, but it's really pure gazelle, especially that you're coming, you know, it's like you go, I had, I had in this incident that uh, a lady asked a worker to do a job, and when I told her that it's a gazelle, and she disagreed, she said, no, it's not gazelle, you're not owe him, it's not your slave, but I said, it's my time, and I told her, yeah. go, go ask the rabbi, ask a rabbi about yeah. it. So what's happening is, that's another point I didn't even realize, that when we're asking an employee for something that's out of their rights, it could even be, it could even be Gezel. Yes. 
And this yeah. is this is very okay. So seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. I know that you want to keep your question for Wednesday, but still the phone line is open right now. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight or three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. This is a text. If you want to text, you want to say something about the text. Yeah, let's go take the first text. It's a question we've got over and over and over, and it's as follows: You're talking about trust. If someone has an issue, deal with it, then they send you to help to a therapist. And the question is, why is it that the direction to send someone versus working on their patachan and helping them recognize that it comes from Hashem? And I agree with you, which means that you first work on your patachan and recognizing that disorders have nothing to do with the moon and patachan. And once someone works on their moon and batachan, and they're still having anxiety or depression or OCD, then you go that someone has experience in that area. So the common mistake that we have over and over is that our mind or lack of a moon and batachan is what's causing a psychiatric disorder, and that's not true. So it's almost as if saying you've got a broken bone, and with a moon and batachan, your hands will heal. Your broken foot will heal. Someone's having a heart attack with a moon and batachan their heart will heal. That's not true. There's hishtadlis in today's days that you need to do. You're going to the doctor. The person will do the surgery. The person will have a cast. And the same is with psychological disorders. So I find it interesting that over and over, people are feeling that therapy is in the place of amunah batachan. It's not. First, learn amunah batachan. If you're doing that and it helps, Baruch Hashem then you know your issue is Emunah Betachan. But on the other hand, if it's not working out, then you realize it's a diagnosable issue. There's now a broken bone. And therapists have specialized training in specific areas for depression, for anxiety, for OCD, for personality disorders, for bipolar, there's medication, schizophrenia, each of those are there. So I hope it's pretty clear that one is not a stira to the other. We are going to go to Mr. D. Mr. D, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello? Yes. Oh, hi. I'm a Hello? And, uh, hello, you hear me? Yes, we hear you. You're on. Okay. Uh, my problem that my nature is that I really, I always need a best friend. And I already, already heard your shit about friends. Yeah. And always when I'm getting close to someone, even if I'm really cr- close, I'm always thinking, is he my best friend? I'm, I can trust him enough because I'm not sure. Even if he shows me friendship he, and then I hear it from him, I'm not sure. Always thinking. Right. So recognize, what would you say is the issue? Let's go ahead and take it first. What's the problem? It's great. You want to have friends. You're someone that connects to friends. What's the issue? That I have to hear every, every day, and I have to feel it every single day. If I'm not feeling it one day, I think I hear it from him, I'm sure Excellent. So what you're saying, the issue is, now let's rephrase it, you don't have an issue that you need to have friends. 
The issue is that you are feeling completely choked. You're feeling petrified to be alone. And therefore, you have a need to be around someone. Is that correct? Hello, Rav Nissen? Okay. Oh, we lost him. We lost him. Okay. So let's go back to what this person's question. Mr. D, if you're there, you can call back and we'll take it. And let's discuss this. And the concept is that when we have ourselves, there's got to be the balance of having a self We have yes. Mr. D again. Mr. B, great. So welcome back, Mr. D. Yes, and I'm sorry. It's okay. And what we're just explaining is there's a concept that a person has to have themselves. means if I am with myself, I am happy and satisfied, step one. Step two is part of our DNA is that we also want to connect to others. So when it's balanced, that when we're with others, we enjoy it. When we're with ourselves, we enjoy ourselves. That's a healthy balance. If a person is happy with themselves and has no need to connect, that makes them very, very unhealthy when they need to interact in a marriage or with children or with family or with work. What you need to do is a teamwork. So part of this world, their bunch is created in the world to need others to want to interact with others. And the Rabbi Shalom created the opposite balance within, that we should be happy with ourselves and at ease and at peace with ourselves. If we have one without the other, either one in the extreme, it's going to be hurt. Does that make sense? Yes, but what means that I'm happy with myself? That I'm happy, uh, like, walking alone, I'm enjoying my, with myself? Yes, and if you don't speak to someone for two days, you don't think about others. What are they thinking about me? Did I have who to speak to? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You don't speak to someone, and you don't think about them. You're thinking about, boy, what do I want to do today? Interesting. Will I go with someone? Do I want to go alone? You know what? Today I want to go alone. Okay, so what's the connection to my question? I want to go, go along, ahead. correct. What's your question? Let's start again. What's your question? My question is that I also want to have good friends. How do I know? No, hold on. Friend? you. That, let, let's start again your question. Let's start from scratch. You've stated that if you, don't, you need someone all the time, and if you don't have them, what happens to you? I'm afraid that I'm not my friend. That's right. So what does that mean? Now, before you're going about needing people, do you realize that the issue is that you're not having yourself? Could be. Might be. Okay, good. So let's go back. What's your question? Let's start the question all over again. What's your question? The question is that I have good friends. And if I have a good friend, when I'm talking with him and I, I feel that I'm good with him, it's okay. But after it, okay, no, I'm not a friend. I'm not sure. Okay. And what's your question? You made a statement. When I have my friends, I'm happy with it. The minute I'm not with them, I start having doubts. What's so how your question? How can I feel trust? How can I feel trust? Well, first we have to identify how long is this going on. 
we then need to realize what are some of the messages that you have in your family that you've heard growing up about friends? Is it that you have friends? Is it that you don't have friends? And then we want to identify, are there any family members that you might have been raised which might have some anxiety or fear, saying people don't like you, maybe we can't trust people. We need to know what are some of those background messages, because some of those messages might be right now buzzing in your head. That means you need every single second someone reassuring the pain. So the pain is saying, no, people don't like me. And then you have, oh, but I'm talking to them and they're smiling to me, so they like me. And the minute they're away from you, now you're falling back to the doubts because you're not being able to reassure it. So we need to first know what's going on. One of the steps that we do is if we would just be doing a cognitive and behavioral approach, just that approach, we would be telling you now to start writing down the thoughts, maybe people don't like me, and then challenge the thought. Saying, I know people like me because I speak to this, I've got these five friends, so you're challenging the thought. You might challenge on a cognitive level, I don't need everyone to like me, all I want to know is that some people like me, and some is I've got these five friends that like me. That's a cognitive okay. behavioral level. But okay. it really depends. We want to understand what's going on. Why did this develop? What's your internal need? Or what is the doubt going on? Is it a need, a lack, or is there doubt? So I'd be asking you as well, do you have other places that you're doubting yourself, not just with friendship? Is it sometimes in Yiddishkeit that you're beating yourself up? I might have done Navera. People don't like me. Or anything along those lines? No, no. I don't think so. Okay. Is it just with friends? Yes. And I also yeah. don't have this anxiety that people don't like me. It's just... No. Or for some, I don't have this anxiety. Okay. So it's just a fear or just doubt that goes through your mind the entire time of if people like you, if they don't like you. Correct. And then we work on it. Yep. So it's workable. Yep. Anything else you'd like to ask? No. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. Appreciate it. And what we are going to do now, we are going to go to Miss D. Miss D, you're on with Mordechai and Herb Nissen. I actually just started listening like a few weeks ago to the lines, and I'm sure. really enjoying it. I'm totally hooked. Um, I'm just curious. Thank I was you. listening to like a recording from a while ago, and somebody was saying that she she has like a social perfectionism. Like she always wants to say a smart thing, and she like she sometimes holds herself back on saying stuff because it might not come out the way she wants it to say it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry? Yes, yes. Yeah, you that get is, it? Yeah, that's social perfectionism, yeah. Right, or so, um, like, <clears throat> I totally found myself in that, and I was I was curious, like, is it, like you were saying, it's fine if she just, like, she talks to herself and she knows she's aware of it, and, and she just pushes herself a little. I'm curious, like, when, when do you know that you need therapy, like, so the rule, as, as I discuss many, many times with people is, and it's interesting, because I do not recommend that you go to a therapist the first step. I don't believe that. So I believe that almost every teenager out there will have this. That means you're being aware. 
when you go through the teenage steps and you start seeing, wow, what I say affects people. People could be hurt. People could be sad. People might not like me if I say something or if I do something. And that's normal now for them to start being concerned. If I tell a friend I'm not available for them now, maybe they won't like me. These are all normal points that teenagers go through and that adults have. And what happens is if it's a healthy step, still in the healthy process, they can speak to an adult, they can get the reassurance, they can be worked through the process, and then they feel safer and then they feel easy. Oh, it's okay if I'm afraid, but I'll do it two, three times, and it's okay. I'll speak. I'm allowed to make mistakes. When you tell them every adult has that. But by doing it, you'll overcome it. It makes it much easier. Each of this is very important for us to recognize, that it's normal, and they have an adult to help them out. It could be a parent, an older brother or sister, an aunt or uncle, a teacher, a principal, whoever it should be that they're close that they could reach out to. If they it always needs to be step, another person. It's not enough to yourself, like, like self-talk. So self-talk is wonderful. What I always tell people is that a, a self-help book is wonderful. Self-talk is wonderful. The only difficult issue is with the human brain is that we need others to connect to. That means we need another person who we can work with. It's very important for the brain because what happens is we have a filter. A filter means is that it denies us. It blocks us the ability to see all our faults. And not only that, sometimes it will create faults that we think we have that we really don't. So you can have people saying, people don't like me. What are you talking about? People like you. And then you bring an example. Then you see, oh, I really am liked. So your filter, for whatever reason, might say I'm not liked. The same as the other way. I've got a lot of people that we're working on currently where people have this illusion where I'm okay, I'm doing everything okay, and we need to bring in some nice family members or different people saying, no, right now you're not that okay. So what we need to realize is that we are blind to ourselves by our weaknesses. So, yes, you can build, you can have positive self-talk saying I'm good, but that might not really be the core. That might not be the real pointed issue. So, therefore, I'm a bigger believer in discussing it with an adult, working it out with another person. I don't believe it should be a religious, uh, religious. I don't think it should be a professional therapist first. It could be a religious leader or an adult. Right. Okay. I, I would say I would I say that Shlomo and the and the book said Dagabalev uh, is and basically a worried in the art just talk talk about it. It's yeah. very important to take it out to somebody else and uh, express yourself. Also, it's very helpful to write it down. Yeah. Right. But uh, I, I would say that uh, even Noam Elimelech in his uh, the little cetera said, if you have a problem, talk with your friend. And don't yeah. be ashamed. Yes. Uh, I'm also curious. Um, do you think that every person at one point in their life could use therapy? It's a very strong word. Do I think every person? So I have a friend of mine that just graduated law school, and he told me certain words lawyers will, will never use. Notice the word never, again, an extreme, but it's <laughs> always never. Um, no one all these extremes, because if you can prove that one person ever did it or one person doesn't, then the entire statement is false. So do I believe a lot of people can use therapy? Yes. 
Do I believe that we're having a lot of disorders? Yes. Do I believe that there's a lot of secrets, a lot of pain is being hidden by a lot of people, and that was seeing the results of the next generation? Yes. But do I believe so that I every person does? Absolutely not. No, the word every person is way too strong. Right. So, like, you have to wait till like, a problem gets really big. I'm thinking, like, if I have, like, a small issue now, if I go to therapy now, it's going to, like... Why like, therapy? Why not like... first to an adult? So let's go to our original question. Do I think everyone should be going to therapy? And the answer is no. First start the process. Let me ask you, can you think of an adult that you respect, that's wise, that you can speak to about the issue, they'll keep it confidential, and they can guide you? Yeah. Great. Um, How many of such is, people um, can you think of? Um, two. Good. Can you reach out to those two people and speak to them before you go to a therapist while it's still small? Yeah. Good. So what do you think would change then if you can do that? Um, uh, what would change? What do you mean? How? What would change? What would change by you if you don't have to go to a therapist, but you can go to the adults that you respect, uh, someone that you feel is respectful? That's right. So say it again. It's cheaper. It's simpler. Mm-hmm. And what else? Um, also, it's not like in therapy I find it's more like like you really dig deep, 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 and this is more like maybe you could just get like simple advice. And that's right. Yeah. To realize that, like, it's normal, and that's it. That's right. So I really believe the step is just what you're saying. Start now with those smart, intelligent people that you feel close to. But sometimes when you feel too, like, a parent, I'm thinking, is, like, probably just as emotionally involved. Like, they, they could, could be. Think sometimes objectively. not. This, that's still the role of a parent to be there. If they're too emotionally charged, then you might not use them for this. But the concept is that that's what parents are for, to discuss theories with them. Right. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Nice. Okay. Okay. Shall we take that text that you just sent from this? Yes. Yes. Uh, we'll, and uh, this will be the finish? Yeah. Okay. Sure. For Mordechai Weimarger Show, how do a get a person that is saying I'm perfectly fine, but I know that he is not, how to make him go for an evaluation? We get this question over and over, and we don't have the answer to that directly or the short answer. The long answer is you, the healthy person, go. And when you, the healthy person, goes, you change the entire dance of the whole process. That means in order for the person to be, have an issue, you're either going to start taking over some of their difficulties, you're going to be explaining to them, you're going to be trying to clean up their messes because you want to, let's say, help the children or whoever else is involved. Each of those steps is what you're going to be doing, which keeps them, which enables them to remain in that process, in that circle of being stuck. What changes, Merit Hashem, is when you go for therapy, it takes about six months to a year when you're dealing with a difficult person, someone that's not healthy. What changes then is that your response will be different. They have to deal with it, and it's interesting how then they change. So, again, the goal is, but you can't come in saying, I'm coming to change. I'm coming for therapy for six months to a year. How do I change the other person? No. We're going to help you identify your weaknesses, your pains. 
And when we change your pains, then you will see why you've become an enabler, or as we call it in a more professional term, codependence, and then we see the changes along those lines. So again, it's very complicated. It's very sad when we want to change the other person, and the other person is in denial or doesn't want to change. But there is hope. There is hope. We've got many, many, many people growing, and their entire families change when the healthy person starts. But just know that it's not a quick situation. It's not easy. Mordechai, as we said, you cannot change other people except yourself. That's and right. when you change yourself and know how to accept other people, the world around you changing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so just re remind everybody that uh, Wednesday, Wednesday is 7.30, yeah, 7.30, this Wednesday, 7.30, we have the event uh, of the year, the second annual Parenting and Marriage uh, Directions with um, Rabbi Mordechai Weinberg, LCSW, and Rabbi Itzi Greenfield, MSMFT, and Rabbi Dr. Simcha Cohen. And uh, Rabbi Mojalif without MC and, <laughs> and all these uh, beautiful, gorgeous speakers will be just uh, for your side. And you can ask questions, you can learn. As, as we say, Mikol Melamda is Kalti. Everybody can learn something new, especially new parents and uh, uh, spouses, everybody. So you can come to uh, Bet Yaakov of 18th Avenue. And this is 4419 18th Avenue. Uh, Brooklyn, New York, across street, across the street from Mendelssohn Pizza, the 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 fee it will be to cover the expenses. It's twenty five dollars per person or forty dollars for couple if you just register and jrootevents.com, jrootevents.com, or and the gate uh, it's thirty six for person and sixty dollars for couple. And uh, I would say thanks to all the people that participate and thank you, Rabbi Mordechai. And yeah, the Mazalto Mabruk again on the book. Again, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, right. I didn't get the name of the book. So just uh, if you just sure, it's called Mastering Relationships. That's wow. simple. Mastering Relationships. Yep, the four elements to connecting to anyone. It's the four elements, which is the Eishmaim Ruach Hanafar of connecting to everyone. So the goal, the name is. That's it, the way it is, mastering relationships. It should be out in the stores either tomorrow afternoon already, Tuesday afternoon, or they're definitely expecting it by Wednesday. Yeah, okay. Thank you sure. again. And thank you. Amen. Thank you very much. And You're we welcome. continue our regular programs. And thank you.